It's season three of the Fulham Fix with me, Felix White. Myself, Ivan Berry. Ivan, we got a good one to get started with season three, don't we? Oh, an absolute hero, man. It, with a true hero. I, when I go to sleep sometimes, I still go to sleep with his name reverberating around my brain. Yeah. He uh, was part of the golden era of Fulham Football Club. Yes, he was. Um, back to gold, best in the business. Yeah. Also, it turns out, doesn't take any <laughs> That is is an understatement. So, Bobby Zamora is the first <sighs> guest. I mean, we didn't quite know what he was going to be like. We walked in, obviously, you know, it's Bobby, he's a Fulham legend. You're like, what's this guy going to be like? And then, man, he didn't disappoint. Yeah. What a top bloke. An absolute, just one of the funniest. Uh, worth pointing out, he's got a potty mouth. A little potty mouth. Uh, we should uh, a little fun game. Maybe we can we can play. Uh, but also, you guys can can play along at home. Maybe. Uh, how many times are we going to have to bleep swearing in this episode? Felt like about forty seven. Forty seven. You're going with forty seven. I think that's uh, that's bold. I'm going to bring it down a little bit. Yeah. Because I feel like uh, the editor might have uh, chopped some of those out as yeah. well. Uh, I'm going to say. Uh, I'm going to say nine. Okay. <laughs> So between 9 and 47, you guess at home and we'll see who's right at the end. Let's do that. Um, one quick mention before we get into it. Um, I say at the start of this conversation, um, there was a lot of this. So if you're listening at home, when I'm referring to a lot of this, it is a finger to the lips. When Bobby right. first started playing um, for Fulham, we talk, we touch upon um, what was perceived as a difficult first season. Mm. Let you hear that. But when I say a lot of this, I mean the finger to lips. Mm. And if you are the man in the Hammersmith end who worked at the ship in, you might want to look away now. Right, honestly, of all the guests we've had on Full and Fix, many of which are heroes, this is the one that I'm genuinely most buzzing about. Really? Because it took you long enough to pick up the phone and ask <laughs> <laughs> Absolute black, that one, by the way, isn't it? Oh, really exciting. Yeah, yeah. I bet you say it to all of them, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the perfect introduction that I thought you'd say. Bobby Zamora, Bobby, how you doing, Thank man? you, pal. Yeah, a little bit disappointed it's taking this long, to be honest. I thought it would have been number one on the list, but obviously not. Well, this is a great start, I think, because I think of you <laughs> in Fulham history as the greats, one of the greats, mm. like, honestly. But your history of Fulham is an interesting one to get straight into, and that response is one, because when you first started playing at Fulham, when you started scoring goals, there was a lot of that. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I do. What um, was that? Because that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, my first season here, I don't know. I mean, it'd be, to be honest, it'd be interesting to hear your point of view about my first season here. How about that? I would love to do that. Go. So that was a beautiful time in Fulham's history because we just obviously had to like mega saved it out of nothing from that December with Roy, hadn't we? Um, so you came in and I, I immediately loved you because I used to think, back to goal, making everything click and all that kind of thing. But I remember that feeling in your first half of your first season at Fulham where the general sort of like base level football supporters view was he's a centre forward and he's not getting enough goals. So I remember that feeling like sort of permeating around the cottage a little bit. Mm. But I, I honestly not saying this, I was immediately in love with you because you just, you just like were balletic with the ball, very physical back to goal. I was a traditional fan who thought, why is he not scoring? He's a traditional centre forward. Mm. There's no goals here. So there was a lot of that. But what was interesting to, to me is when you started scoring goals, it was obvious that it got in your head. And I don't know whether it was a motivation for you because your career is littered with 
people saying something and you proving them wrong again and again mm. and again. And we had that in a real microcosm, didn't we, immediately at Fulham? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, the way I saw my first season is when I when I came into the team, obviously we signed Andrew Johnson as well. Yeah. Obviously, and AJ was was the little and large, I suppose, to yeah. the old school traditional, I suppose, a big striker and a small striker. Um, and that's the way I thought it was going to work in terms of, yeah, listen, hold the ball up and bring bring players into well, yeah. into play. Um how you, I suppose you saw me after that first season, but that first season we we Roy was so organised and his team were always all so set up. Yeah. And out of the two centre forwards, there was always one that had to go and sit on on the holding centre midfielder. Or when we don't have the ball, you're back and defending. And that was my role. And it was AJ to stay up there and threaten the one in behind. Yeah. Um, and my first season, I say I was the best defensive forward in the Premier League. That's right. that. I mean, I just saw myself as a centre midfielder almost, which which wasn't my... Listen, ask me to do a job, I'll go out and do it, whatever it is. Um, so it was a case of sitting on that halfway line for most of the time and sitting on Paul Scholes or going to sit on whoever it is, one of those Fabregas, whoever it is, just can't harry those guys, shield the ball, stopping those guys getting the ball. And, and it... Obviously, as a striker, it's not where you want to be. And when I did win the ball, so many times I would take a couple of steps and end up playing AJ in. I think AJ had yes. quite a lot of chances um, from those situations, which was great. Um, in the change room, the team fully understood what my job was because it was it was explained to them, and you know they appreciated everything that I did. Um, but the, the be all and end all is, as you're that striker, you're using so much energy and so far away from that part of the the goal or uh, of your goal, which is trying to score, um, that it takes a toll. And ultimately, you don't get the goals. The following season, um, Andrew Johnson got injured. I ended up being that one up there and Zolly yes. jumping in behind. Roll reversed and yeah, I'm oh, closer you, to the goal. Oh, well, you were involved the ball. in 29, uh, you know, goal. I mean, there was, was it 19 goals and 10 assists then? Yeah. So yeah. how it sort of turns around. I never put that together because that was almost an accident, wasn't it? But yeah, AJ he got was. injured. He'd done his, his crew shot, I think it was, and um, very early in the start of the season. And I ended up being that one. And Zolly, who was probably more natural at that position anyway, in terms of he wasn't an out-and-out striker. He could do everything in and around that, from being on the wing to midfield to a number 10 position. So it actually worked even better. And, and the ball's coming up to me. Zolly would instinctively know where to be. The same as Damien Duff, Simon Davis, and it all sort of really gelled um, and benefited me with so much better. But in terms of going back to the fans and what they thought, <laughs> listen, I had a year's worth of, I suppose, abuse from numpties who had no idea about what my role was. Right. Looking at the black and white of he's a striker. Yeah, aim you. Listen, the black and white is you're a striker, you should be scoring goals. Whereas yeah. if you were to ask any of our teammates, listen, what did you think of Bobby in that role? Brilliant. So every day I'd go into training, and boys would like, class on the weekend, well done, mate, blah, blah, blah. Which is great. And you know your teammates and everybody in that, in that circle, in that bubble, fully supports you. Um, whereas a lot of people out there, like I say, looking at the black and white would go striker, X amount of goals, failure. So that was a little bit hard. And yeah, when the goals come, there was there was a few the sections of the crowd where you'd hear I'd hear them 
um, from time to time, and and yeah, there'll be. Sh- so so was it a direct? Would you would you see someone? Yeah, there was a little group. Of, there was a little group of people in that in that corner, probably where the M is or the A is, the bottom of the A, something okay, like that yeah, is. Yeah, around there. But every corner, every corner. <laughs> you know who you are? Every, yeah, he does know who he is actually. I think he worked at the ship or something. The boys, the boys oh. went, oh mate, you know what? I used to. He said you used to always abuse him, and I used to go at you, big fat burger. <laughs> Pardon me, French. <laughs> but he's good at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there was quite a few. There was quite a few there. And ultimately, listen, I think he changed his tune when the goal's going to back in it. But that's how fickle football fans are. <laughs> Clearly, he did, man. That is, <laughs> yeah. that is really, oh really God. incredible. Yeah. I want to go further into that. And anyone sat around him? Sorry. Was it just him? Or I don't know. I don't, no, there was, a, yeah, there was a little group around there. But there was, listen, there was there was a odd few scattered around Love around it. the ground. But that, like I say. Those are numpties, like much like yourself, Ivan, who have no idea what goes on and what people's roles are in a team. So I'll take this moment to apologise. No, 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 no. Just like and, just and like me coming one. in fifteenth for out of uh, about forty players on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure having you on, mate. That's uh, and that's all we got. Time. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Go Sounds. on, Bob. Well, when you um, sorry, when you when you talked about. Um, Zoltan, as you're talking about the partnership, yeah. literally, as we're sitting here, the pitch and the background, goals are flashing through my head. Mm. Um, the little, the, the one that I always talk, we'll get into the goals a bit later, the specific goals, but the magic one that no one talks about is a, the second goal against Juventus. Mm. Yeah. When you spin it, yeah. I think it's Simon Davies on the left-hand side, and you sort of dink, spin it yeah. off the shoulder. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, moment? yeah, in this corner, yeah, the ball comes in, don't know, I zink it around the corners. Simon goes down the sky, cuts it back, and Zolly has that side foot finishing in, yeah. Do you flash back to those moments of like instinct, of like, or genius? Just, instinct? do you know what? We used to do those practices, like I say, we were so drilled, I could have played anywhere in that, in that team because we, we'd do the same practice over and over again with Roy. Um, so it was bits and pieces in and around the box that I absolutely loved. That's a danger zone. For defenders, when I'm on that eight, on that 18 yard box, you're so close to defenders cannot make a tackle because it's either a free kick on the edge of the box or it's a penalty. Yeah. Um, and we used to work on so many little bits and pieces from the ball coming in, Zolly coming off me, Simon coming in, Duffer coming in, Danny Murphy being there, whatever it is. And we used to do it so many times in training that little practices like that, little balls down the side and. Yeah, those are those are the bits that what training's for and movements like that happen and then they, they happen in, in great circumstances like Juventus, you know, and um uh yeah, amazing. Even the, the diag from Conch, you know, I know it's looks like a big long ball, but you know, we used to work on that, me pulling on it, either, you know, chesting it down to somebody or being able to take it inside and, and get a shot. So like I say, training is is key to success of, of teams what are your <laughs> memories of training because uh, that was the one thing the few the few players we've chatted to we've trained Roy. under Roy it's um, it, maybe not the most exciting behind closed doors like it's very repetitive it's it's you know yeah. at, at the time you you think I mean we used to say to Ray Lewington any chance of five a side or a bit of fun or something yeah. like please come on um because we do the same practice day in, day out. You've heard it all before. Day in, day out. The same one. He'd either speak to the forwards and that would be the focus. But it'd be the same practice. Or he'd speak to the defenders. Same practice. Midfielders. Yeah. Same practice. But at the time you think, this is boring and so repetitive. And yes, we understand it. Yes, we get it. But it's only when you look back now, you know what? 
this is why we're so drilled this is why we're so organised this is why we can beat Manchester United we can beat whoever it is that comes to the cottage or when we go away to somewhere it's because we're so organised so so well drilled and everybody knows their role and um, yeah like I say looking back now Roy genius for for you know what he does and you can see after leaving here going to Palace saving them and and all the other clubs that you've been to and done a great job um, that's why do you feel like you were coming close to being a fully evolved footballer at that time? Because I was living in Brighton when you were playing for Brighton mm. and you were like obviously scoring a lot of like magical goals for fun and people used to talk about it all the time. But when you, you're talking about coming to Fulham and having to play different roles, mm. did you feel like you were evolving at that perfect time? Do you know what I mean? With that unit of players, did it sort of synchronise in some way? Yeah, do you know what? My game evolved all from, <clears throat> from my childhood, I suppose. When I was younger, like, I mean... 9, 10, 11, I was rapid, yeah. rapid compared to everybody else. So one element of my game was that getting the ball in behind and getting my shot off. Then everybody went like that, massive, like huge. I was the smallest in my Sunday side, like tiny. And my game had to be, well, I can't run in behind anymore. It's a little bit more technical. Okay, I have to get control it, get it off, da 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 da, da. Then going into to youth team football, I, I suddenly took a growth spurt. So, but I was like that, beanpole. And then going to Tottenham and another level and everything, the intensity, going to West Ham. And I remember my game had evolved. I mean, at Brighton, I was, I suppose, I said it the other day that I was uh, agile, young, energetic, but in League Two, League One, it was up against cart horses. Yes, yeah, so, so physical, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. physical, but listen, I could get away with running short, going long, just understanding movements of, of, of how to be a striker. Going to West Ham, I, t- I picked up an injury on my knee and I was out for a long time. We had a sports scientist um, who was not interested in football at all. Just, sorry, he was a fitness coach, uh, an Aussie guy, and he was not interested in football at all. So he was just in the gym. I remember going in the gym with him for maybe four months, just becoming stronger. Not massive, didn't get massive, but strong. I remember going out to training, Matty Upson was in training, and normally he'd pushed through me the ball came over and I went like that and I just held him I thought, oh hold up he's normally pushes through here what's happened there and um ball came again couldn't move me I thought oh, I don't have to do that anymore I can just <laughs> wait a minute the ball can come to me and my game evolved again and that was at the age of about 24 I think and then I could take that into my game so my game has changed so much and the older I got it was like okay the Fulham team probably that second year worked to my advantage of being able to be a target man as such yeah, an out-and-out yeah. target man where I could just sit and in those places on the edge of the box and let that ball come into me and set people the way you described that that made me feel like the Spider-Man or something like hang on yeah spider sense <laughs> it was yeah, honestly it like was it was, it was really that? really like that I remember it at training I fully remember it and thinking he can't push me anymore. Let's see one more, one more kiss. One more. Wow. Yeah, it was it's mad. funny, isn't it? How some, the moments like that, like picking up an injury, yeah. changed your game for you. Uh, same way AJ picking up an in, in, injury yeah. changed how you played here at Fulham. Mm. Do you ever think about those moments? Like if it had been another way, do you think that if you hadn't picked up that injury, you still would have been playing the running game? Um, Good question. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But I think I was intelligent enough to be able to adapt my game for... Or yeah, teams or whatever, whatever's sort of called of me, I suppose. Like I say, I didn't mind doing that one that that first year in in there. Like I say, my teammates appreciated it. 
did it quite well, won the ball back, screened well. Listen, if I wasn't doing it well, let me tell you now, Roy would have dragged me and pulled me out. So, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, we, we mentioned as well, so obviously you were involved in 29 goals in the mm. second season, um, 19 goals yourself and, then, and, and 10 assists. What stands out for you in that season? Do you have any clear memories, any particular goals? Whew. I was going to say United goal, but that's that's even the year after, isn't it? Might be the year after. Yeah, I think it is the three 0 United win. You mentioned yeah. to me as we walk around, your memories are. Hate oh yeah, I wouldn't so know which put goals you right were in on that. the spot with that. I question, wouldn't know I? which goals were in which year. Um, do you know what we would like to do? James has got his goal, Bobby's goals on the laptop. We've got some goals okay. lined up. We got for like looking through them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And talking yeah. us through. I could, yeah, and I, to be honest, I've probably forgotten them all. So it's there. Yeah, nice. Here we go. All right. Well, let me play you and make the Shakta one. Oh yeah, class. Yeah, that was good. Uh, do you know, I was speaking about that game the other day. Obviously, Shakhtar played PSG or Barca, whoever they, they mm, played the yeah, other night. Yeah. And I was, I don't know, I was talking to her saying, gosh, Shakhtar that night, they were incredible, weren't they? Pop, 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 yeah, pop. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was like an old school computer game. That's what we remember anyway, being involved in it. And then, and then, yeah, but winning 2-1. Two, two, oh, that one. Watch this, mate. Hangerland. Touch from Gareth Zamora! Zolly coming over. You muppet, you muppet. I think he's shouting at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he called everyone a muppet, didn't he? Yeah, he called everyone. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Zolly in that hole, just going around, bang. Yeah, mad. What a finish, though. Mate, yeah, goal doesn't move, does it? No. Goal doesn't move. Yeah. Just know what a goal is, I yeah. Will, I will <laughs> never have a feeling like that in my life. No, like so few human beings will know what it feels like mm. to do that. Yeah. Do you remember like the endorphin rush? It must have been... Or did you not feel that when you scored? Um, yeah, just the buzz, isn't it, really? Nice, nice. Yeah, do you know what? Do you know what's really nice, though? Like, practices, where, where those drills and those things that we train in and we do every day, they come off and and lead to a goal like that so yeah, yeah. those are the nice feelings that's what gives and me that's a, that's a really good example there of your uh, telepathic relationship that yeah. you had with Gira we had him on the pod and he talked a lot mm. about that um, what's your memories of your relationship with, with Gira and, and where, why do you think it was so like telepathic that's he, yeah he's mean. just so such an intelligent player he really is doesn't get the credit yeah. but again he's one of those ones that all his teammates would say great lads Amazing trainer, great player, like just like just goes unsung. There are so many of those in football as well. There are so many of those players that just go about their job, and without them, teams wouldn't get the success that they do. Um, and and Zolly's one of those. But yeah, in terms of the understanding, like I say, such an intelligent player, um, an amazing right foot that could find you in any position, whether it's outside the boot, a little dink, whatever it is. So whenever he used to get the ball. There would be him getting it under control and there's a split second where he looks and at that point, obviously I know I make the movement, whether it's short, whether it's long, wherever it is, and then he will find you. So it's easy. It's that just making my movement in that split second when he looks and it's just that understanding and and he knows where I am because we do drills. Yeah. Right, If I'm here and he's in that position, there's a good chance that he's going to go behind yeah. or he's going to do this or he's going to do that and um, yeah he's just one of those players with the ability to put the ball where it needs to be yeah. and the intelligence the look just the whole the whole lot so um, 
Yeah, I think there's, was it Wolfsburg? He has something yeah, to do we, with well, that we one as well. Yeah, we should definitely do Wolfsburg. Yeah, should, we, should we have a little look at the, the next goal? This give me, I guess it's oh, actually Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg as well. Yeah, okay. yeah, we've lined yeah. it up, mate. Here we go. Williams' job to get one here. Bobby Zamora, what a chance! Oh, they've got it! What a start this is! Oh, man. That, that game oh, as well. They're they were German champions, I think, yeah, that year, were. weren't they? And just... Um, it's the first minute. Yeah, and just... We honestly, that game, I thought we could have smashed the life out of them. We were just in cruise control. I remember being, if they'd have scored, we'd have gone, yes, we, okay, just go up a gear again and we'll score again. Like really, really, really comfortable in that game. But yeah, again, as soon as the ball goes to Zolly, just be in an area, like I say, they, I know that they can't foul me in that, in yeah, that yeah. box. And if my back's to play and you play it in this area, well, good luck to you because I'm either going to hold it and set somebody and they're, they're inside the box for a shot or if I can like that let's get a little turn and, and get a shot off so Was there a moment in that campaign where you thought where it first clicked oh we can win this tournament because obviously um, we started right at the beginning of that tournament didn't we we had to do all the qualifying yeah. group stages they were pre-season games really for yeah. us That's, mm. I think we saw them as pre-season games Vectra away was it or something yeah, the first yeah, game yeah. Like, some of the early ones yeah. yeah two days into pre-season um, when did it click that we could win it Probably Juventus after that, really. Um, to go take a big scalp like that. And um, yeah, obviously a smaller pool of teams after that game. And to, to go and perform um, at that level. And just knowing anybody that comes to the cottage has got that and on a Thursday night. It was just an, it was just a fortress, wouldn't it, really um, was. Yeah, but it's, it still lasts to this day, that, I think, the, the Juventus game. Because everyone that comes to Fulham now knows that something like that could happen. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it's like it lasts generations mm. after actually you guys doing that. If that makes any sense, it's such a pivotal moment in the history of the club, and like not least because Cannavaro is playing centre back and he's won Ballon d'Or. Yeah, a few years, years previous. Before, yeah. yeah, and that's that was that's one of my one of my highlights. Listen, I stuck Cannavaro, World Cup winning captain, on his ass. And I tell you what, and, and, <laughs> let's, let's take this moment now to show you another one in, of. So. Uh, yeah, talk us through this moment. Konchesky, Zamora. Chance, go! Yeah, listen, we we've done this so many times. Conch, I'd played with since a kid as well, so Conch had played that ball to me so many times. Yeah, do you know what? That's that's um, yeah, great, yeah, amazing. <laughs> but those those are that, like I say, being in that box and. Not knowing defenders, but defenders are either going to try and come and win the ball every single time. Yeah. And he, I suppose, listen, he, he thinks, listen, I can come and win that one. That's where Capello see me at my best, and he get his geezer in for England. Um, but yeah, I think he, you know, I think the previous game, he might have come through us a few times and won a few balls. And it's a learn, it was a learning curve for me to play against him and, and to understand, you know, the way that he plays not playing against him before but yeah there are elements of that game that I straight I mean obviously he goes but uh, at the beginning I think yeah right I've got you now I know how I know how you defend and he'd just come too far and there was, there was no chance that he could get the ball and it's just perfect just a, a good ball he wanted to he's defending the wrong side of me like per, everything's okay, perfect yeah. so um, it's almost that, yeah. that what you're talking about that yeah, spider sense the, thing the where you're like hang there. on I've got Cannavaro here just, I just know what to do with him so yeah well yeah just he'd gone too far that side which was yeah. no man's land listen you can't win the ball because my arm's going to stop you yeah and he knew that 
he was in no man. I think that's why he goes for a little tumble and tries to win the the free kick oh, as yeah. such. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, listen, it, there's a fine line, and you were too far that side. So perfect, you go, and it is yeah, just just good. Is that that, that oh, sorry that game? Would you say at that point, final whistle, of the Juventus game? Is that at that point? the highlight of your career, would you say? It was such an unbelievable moment. Yeah, amazing. Do you know what? I actually, I know Clint scores and we're, but I'm desperate for another goal. I'm desperate for extra time. I'll be honest with you. I'm like, really? please, because I've got a couple more goals in me. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? But yeah. So you I was were like, disappointed when No, not disappointed, away. but <laughs> I was like, listen, if it goes, like, if the referee blows and we've got extra time, perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait because I've got, I've got a couple more goals in me. Wow. Or, yeah. or Listen, it wouldn't be that wouldn't be in the final score four one. It would have been six. You know, I you think, think? Been, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I remember keeping the ball in the corner. I think towards the end, and Filippo Melo was tried to smash me, but uh, yeah, I think he was saying respect, respect. Like, oh, really? Yeah, like show some respect. I was like, <laughs> mate, I don't, I don't remember you saying that in in uh, Juventus, you know. So, but um, but yeah. Good. How do you like reflect on getting to final? Because obviously you were having injury troubles then. When we get to yeah. final, you're kind of like you're fifty fifty before the game, aren't you? When yeah, we, I probably I probably shouldn't I sh probably shouldn't have played. Um, but yeah, desperate, desperate to play. Do you think if you had been fully fit, do we win that final? Uh, I'd like to think so, but uh, yeah, you never know. But I wasn't I wasn't where I should have been. I probably shouldn't have played, but desperate to. Um, I could get away with it, but wasn't at wasn't at my my best. This, go on. Like, well, we were talking to Danny Murphy about that, and he was saying literally days up until it happened, you just, it, it felt like you weren't going to play till the very last minute, right? Mm. Yeah, I, I, well, I didn't train, didn't train um, towards the back end of that season, probably from semi final time. I think there was a couple of games in there in the Premier League as well. I didn't really train in the week, but we just play on the weekend and yeah I mean ultimately that injury stops me stops me from going to the World Cup as well you know so like it was like really really gutting the yeah. end to the season yeah um, but yeah it's part and parcel of football unfortunately I wanted to ask as well about the semi-final the Hamburg game and um, what's your memory of, of the, the Clint Dempsey moment because yeah. that was down to you that was down to me it? yeah 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 <laughs> so so obviously I have a fitness test and I don't, I'm really struggling, like I say, not training um, in a week. I think that was the start of that whole process of not training. Um, and I don't train in a week. The gaffer says, look, how are you? The physios are saying all week, how are you? Can you, I think I'm, whatever treatment I'm getting, I say, listen, I'll come out here and I'll do a fitness test uh, evening of the, or afternoon of the game. So I'll get here early, have a jog. Yeah, I'm okay. Listen, drug me up and I'll see what I can do. Um, but I think previously to that, the managers obviously said to Clint that, listen, you're, you're going to play and then I'll do the fitness test pass and then yeah. it's down to Roy to make his decision. And he's gone with, he's gone with me. And yeah, he obviously has to call Clint into the office, into the, mm. into the um, room after. And I just remember Clint coming into the, <laughs> into the changing room afterwards, just like hand, like, like bang, straight through wins. Like, this lunatic oh man he thinks I'm man he thinks I'm that man what the f man he thinks I'm man 
behave a ruckus, you know what I mean? Did you see the hand when it wasn't bandaged up? He just literally just... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he comes... Obviously, I'm in the treatment room afterwards as well because my Achilles, I'm just getting it. And he's he's getting it washed hand. out. He's getting it washed out and cleaned out and strapped up. He has to have an op, I think, after. He does, does something to the tendon, doesn't he? Cause the do, you glove, a, do you say anything at that point to him? You're sitting next to each other in the treatment yeah, room. Right? Is, is there a really awkward conversation? No, he's such an angry man on the best of days. <laughs> Honestly, we used to play a game. We used to play a game at training, right? I used to say to the lads, listen, you cannot say good morning to Clint because I used to come in good morning boys like I used to go home recharge come in. morning yeah. lads I sat in all good yeah sweet yeah lovely alright morning 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 <laughs> we used to play a game you, you could not say good morning to Clint and see how long like he would come in the change room say nothing to no one on a, on a, on a, on a, every day not just towards the back end of the season or whatever just yeah he was just an angry guy or mornings wasn't his thing I don't know if he needed a triple espresso or something in the morning but it weren't his thing but yeah great guy great guy great character Clint really really was like I used to <laughs> we used to laugh at him and Dixon or two who if they're on the opposite sides in a five side guaranteed it's going off oh yeah like, Danny, Mar- oh, Danny Murphy said, said that yeah. oh brilliant so good like we used to just chuckle that <laughs> look at these two <laughs> like putting ants in a jar and shaking yeah, totally just watch it go down do you think like in, in your experience of all the successful teams you've been in does there need to be a certain amount of tension inside that group for teams to work uh, do you know what I mean like sort of infighting and like competitiveness within the group in order yeah, for then, something there, to there needs to be something a competitive nature between uh, between teammates yeah yeah, I think there needs to be if you want to be successful um, because those are the elements that are when the chips are down, when it's hard, when it's those that character comes out yeah, and yeah. fires, fires yeah, yeah. maybe fires one or two people up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I great, great guys, Clint, real good. With Clint, isn't it? It's like you, he might be a nightmare to be with in the morning, but when you're in the middle of a game, you're like, oh, he's going to be Thank the God guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah um, amazing ability, great talent. Yeah. Uh, Funny, funny guy as well, like a good character. Just to, honestly, the whole changing room was just uh, a changing room of characters, really. Everybody had something about them that that was unique, that would make everybody smile in, in their own way, you know. Brilliant. So, yeah, because yeah, really, there's a lot really of unsung heroes like Chris Baird and people yeah, like that. Yeah, Baird, he, oh, mate, I've never met anybody. I see him, I see him about a month ago. Um, yeah, just, yeah. Well, I mean, that guy could find me if I want it on, on that button there. Yeah, yeah, no worries, mate. From 60 yards. Yes. Yeah, make yeah, my life so easy. No one gave him credit for that. Could he no. do that? Could he? He'd jump in at right back, centre half, centre midfield, yeah. right midfield, anywhere it is that, he, that you want him to play, he could yeah, go and, yeah. do a jo- and do a job as well. Yes. Yes. He was a proper workhorse. I remember yeah. when he came back to us in the championship for a bit to try and help us out. As, as, as did Clint, actually, during the, the, that relegation season. Yeah. Both of them like came. They obviously loved the club yeah. so much that they thought, I'm going to come back and, and sort of try and help you guys out mm. here, which is which is really lovely. Uh, we, Probably have to talk about you moving on, sadly, um, which was w- w- shame it had to be QPR. We'll mm. Get that out straight away. As a, you know, obviously as a Fulham fan, what, what was the re- reason for your move? Was it a clash with Martin Yole at the time? Was that totally the oh, reason? Yeah, Yole, yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't see. Well, do you know what? For it, it, I don't know. People may read this read this in in a different way. Um, yeah, he was a character, I suppose. And I suppose one that, that our changing room didn't really buy into in terms of um, maybe it's his sense of humour. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe his arrogance. I don't know. I mean, his first meet. I wasn't there. I was. I was. I was 
uh, away on my honeymoon, I think, at the time. So I came back a little bit later, like uh, three, four days later, and the boys had their first meeting. And his first meeting, obviously, he was trying to be funny, but it, it was some of you boys had played for me before. Danny Murphy didn't play very much. I had better players. Michael Carrick now. <laughs> Simon Davis, always injured. Um and and not the strongest material is it Uh, yeah uh, yeah like in the first meeting and i think (laughs) it didn't who who was the other one who who else played for had you played for yo no i didn't son davis uh danny murphy oh stephen kelly played played like you plays like he has clogs on uh i was like yeah so i was like the lads all right maybe he was being funny but it wasn't there wasn't what our changing room you know, that had been through so much, so yeah. good to to sort of, and I remember getting phone calls from the boys, right? Mate, you want to hear this guy? And I don't know if that <laughs> straight away. Listen, don't disrespect my pals. Sort of thing, and yeah. then and then it was a case of, listen, at the beginning, listen, you're a very good player, Bobby. Uh, and I think you better hear at number 10. And I was like, look, Gaffer, I'll be honest, we've had so much success with me just being on the edge of the box. Like, mm. I'm, I'll do what you want me to do, but it's not going to get the best of, all of everyone, not just the best of me. Yeah. Like if I have the ball on the edge of the box, Duffer's coming in, Zolly here, whatever it is. And he would say, I don't want you doing that. I don't want you doing that. Don't have to. And I was like, oh. and I'd do it in training and he'd stop training and shout at me. And I'd be like, what the, like, a little bit frustrated, found it a little bit frustrating. We just didn't see eye to eye. Um, and I think I, I picked up an injury. No, I had an illness. I had an illness. And I think he came out and was saying to the boys that I was lying. I was like, what? You know, like, mm. no, I, w- I mean, I was bad, bad. We were at an away game, and, I mean, I was throwing up all night. Uh, they sent me in a taxi home afterwards, and I think he sort of said to everyone after, like, I mean, yeah, some players don't want to play. I was like, when I found out, I was like, now ask the doctor. Like, I mean, you should have seen the toilet was peppered. So... But yeah, just yeah, little things like that, and we just didn't see eye to eye, I suppose, and uh, ended up yeah. Mark, Mark had had a, Mark had a set, uh, yeah, yeah, had us before. And he, you like Mark a lot, right? Yeah, got on, got on really well with him. Disappointed that he didn't um, stay on. I think he, I don't know what the situation. He's was. even I think said was. that. I think that's one. He's one of his big regrets. He says now that yeah. he didn't stay on at Fulham. Yeah, I think there was a few opportunities for other jobs coming up, and he talked about it? ambition a lot. Mm. I don't know whether at that point. How fired was kind of yeah, gently winding down because yeah, he knew I think was, he wanted a bit more funding, didn't he? I think to be able yeah, to go on the next level. I think so. So it, I think it was a shame. And to hear Mark Hughes say it now that he regrets not staying on. Yeah, right. But it's, it, it's interesting mm. hearing Bobby say that because I, I I was so heartbroken when you went to QPR. Oh, mate, mm. we all were. I felt like. But when you hear it internally, it's like you just never know all that stuff that's going on. Mm. It makes total sense when you. Yeah. Should, you know, uh, do, do you know what? Do you know what? No, no. Yeah, I don't know. Childish, I, I, I suppose. But I remember leaving that day. And like a couple of boys going, mate, honestly, all the photos that you've been taking down in the train in the, in the training ground, I was like, no, no, he's childish, isn't he? Like straight away, like the photos taken down. Uh, let's forget this guy. He's Is that so? Martin Real would have done that. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Him, but I remember a couple around. of boys saying, <laughs> mate, all your pictures, room. all your pictures are down already. Like, really? Like literally, like twenty four hours, they're all gone down. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Oh. Uh, so that's that's my that's my time at Fulham over. It's it's quite a complex time. Your time, so much happens in such a short space of yeah. time, doesn't it? Your time at Fulham. Yeah, yeah. Highs, lows, drama. everything. Yeah, everything. And it's in two and a bit of seasons. Is it in like three seasons? It's mad how yeah, short. Yeah, three, three three seasons. Yeah. 
but then Scotty Parker comes who I know yeah. I, I was at West Ham with I think I was trying to get Scotty to come when Mark Hughes was there right I met, yeah I was trying to get Scotty to come um, did we yeah, see the best be. of you do you think um, I think I was just kicking on and would have yeah uh, I mean your England call ups came then yeah your time in Fulham and yeah yeah do you think that's because representative of, of yeah would you say that sums up your time at Fulham perfectly? yeah I think so probably yeah some of my best times really um, playing wise obviously yeah some good success and England call up so yeah like I say it was a little bit of a little bit getting to, to leave didn't really want to leave but um, yeah I thought my time was time was up with the situation that was in do you know what um, what I like doing on this show Bobby is uh, players in certain positions picking their partner out of all time Fulham footballers yeah so if you're up top in an all time Fulham team mm. who are you choosing to partner with yourself we'll take Gira out of it because it's t- cheating it's, it's telepathic you can't Berbatov Gordon Davies Louis Sahar, Mitrovic. Give me another centre forward. Oh, which one? All time for them centre forward. Pavel Pogrebniak. Hey, <laughs> it's been a while. I just wanted to say that out loud. It's been a while. Pog out of them. Uh, I think Mitrovic are too similar to. Yeah. there's two. There's the strength, isn't it? Holding the ball up. Yeah. Um, I want somebody on on a wavelength, and obviously, I'm I'm, I'm quite close with with Robbie. Uh, Keen and, and he speaks obviously uh, I know Berbatov as well and how he could play and all I'm thinking about is uh, is, uh. is him picking up the ball in a, in a number 10 position pretty similar to Zolly in terms of listen he gets the ball and you make a movement he'll find you so so probably that and I would think that listen the ball comes over he would know he probably wouldn't sprint to me but he would know <laughs> that he would know that listen it comes it sticks and there's, there's an opportunity to side foot the ball into the goal so uh, I'd probably say Berber he was short and sweet here though wasn't he he wasn't, wasn't here <laughs> too long season, well, yeah, yeah I wasn't there, there was a long, sense of uh, sort of rats fl- no I'm not calling him a rat but rats fleeing a sinking ship when, when with yeah, regards to season. not looking yeah, great yeah. now and suddenly He's yeah, out yeah. The door. he in, in his own words. Sorry, mate, I get a bit excited here. In his own words, he heard that Felix Magat was on his way, and he was just like, "Yeah, and that's not." I'm yeah, not yeah. God, that would have been great, thing. wouldn't it? That would have been great to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Just making him run. Ah, uh, four o'clock miles. in the morning. That would Brilliant, have been extraordinary. He actually claimed that this was his idea, the Riverside stand. He, did. he <laughs> was like, "I was saying they should build this stand when yeah. I was here, but yeah. they don't listen to me." So we've nicknamed it the Berber stand. It's, it's no longer the, the no longer uh, the Riverside stand. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Berber. Right, just, just a quick one. I was, I was listening to a, an interview um, with yourself, uh, and I th- it's on Steve Sidwell's podcast. Mm. And that you, Peter Crouch podcast? No, there's a, there was another one. Um, I can't remember what it's called now, but um, you were talking uh, about one of your big regrets. There was a couple, actually. One was not going to the World Cup, even yep. with the injury, yep. which you can totally appreciate, like looking back now, just to get that experience. Mm. Um, another one was not picking up any, like being able to actually lift any trophies beyond sort of the playoff trophies and stuff and I've got a theory and I said it earlier and I don't know how you feel about it (laughs) my theory is one of the reasons you like fishing so much and you get these massive carps is because it's like lifting (laughs) a trophy trophy. and I I literally just googled it straight away but I I, I was showing you and there's a great photo of you that comes one of the first ones that comes up on google that is to substitute lack of silverware is that what you're saying um, again yeah that's my my feeling that's exactly what you say Thank you, mate. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know why I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. 
Uh, it turns out I've got no internet in here now, so I can't even oh, show okay. you the picture I meant about. Um, Maybe we can flash it uh, up if I no, find it. No, not, not, not a substitute for lack of silverware, <laughs> but... But uh, we'd end thank, on you for, thank you for that. I mean, you started off this interview thinking that I was a, yeah, a bit of a tough yeah, spot. Now, and I thought actually, we'd end on a, on a strong yeah, note. Yeah. Yeah. Delete, Ivan. Yeah, yeah, block. there we go. <laughs> Sweet, done. Bobby Zamorini's complex relationship with Fulham Football Club. One of the all-time greats. Yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. pleasure. I love, absolutely love my time here. Absolutely love my time here. Uh, at Fulham, not the podcast. Ivan Berryday getting so strangely familiar and close with Zamora that he attempts to psychoanalytically <laughs> therapise mm. a man who seems quite difficult to therapise yeah. by suggesting that his obsession with catching fish yeah. is to make up with, for the absence mm. of any tangible trophies yeah, like in his a career. Lack of silverware, yeah. Which, given but, that Bobby started the conversation already with putting you on the back foot, <laughs> I thought was the bravest slash most stupid thing I've heard anyone say in front of a football player yeah I so so at the time when we finished that interview I tried to get the photo but I couldn't find it I found it you tell me that he's not imagining right here <laughs> holding the FA Cup <laughs> <laughs> that's the Europa League there we go Bobby if, you, if you're watching Bob can you see that that's that my friend yeah is a psychoanalytical substitute for the Europa League <laughs> that we didn't win and if Bobby's watching you owe me an apology. Love you, Bob. Yeah. Um, that was brilliant, wasn't it? Uh, quick one before we go. Uh, it's very topical uh, having that chat because there is a line bike going around London at the moment uh, that my friend sent me, which has O Bobby Zamora really? written on it in permanent ink. Nice. So I don't know if that's a Fulham fan, QPR fan, but his legacy remains and it's literally running around London as we speak. Love, Bob. Who's on next week? Who's on next week? Oh, man. The one and only Andreas Pereira. See you there. Thank you very much for listening to Fulham Fix Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please make sure that wherever you get your podcast from, you subscribe. Also, um, if you enjoyed Dimitar Berbatov uh, making claim that he indeed invented the building of the Riverside Stand or that Lewinsky loves indie music or the two-parter with Danny Murphy of Clint Dempsey punching his hand through a glass wall and walking into Roy Hodgson's changing room and telling him all about it, please leave a review and let us know.